Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. We have a special guest today. It's Michael Jr. He is a comedian that has a new role in a movie being released today called Selfie Dad. He plays the lead character. His name is Ben Marcus. He's a happily married man with two kids that has a successful career, but he just doesn't feel fulfilled. In this movie, this is a Christian movie, they manage to combine comedy with faith. Today on Connections, Michael Jr. will share more about Selfie Dad and his role in the movie. We're joined today by comedian Michael Jr. His new movie, Selfie Dad, releases today. First of all, he's starring the brand new movie, Selfie Dad. The synopsis kind of caught me. Once aspiring stand-up comic, working in a job you don't love so much anymore and kind of finding yourself in a midlife crisis. Um, could you relate to this at all? The character thinks the only way he's going to be happy again is if he achieves those dreams he had as a young man once before. Yeah, no, I, I don't really relate as much to that part of the character. I do relate to the fact that he's uh, tall and good looking. <laughs> kind of stuck out for me. I do not relate but, to that. So, <laughs> But I do understand um, what he's going through with regards to running after something and so hard that he lose that he loses focus on what it is he really needs, ah. which is right next to him. So uh, I can't identify with, with how that can really become a problem if, if you're not aware of it. So this character is really, he's really cool, uh, smart. I mean, I like him a, a lot, but I think the movie in general is going to really help some people. Like it has some ingredients that most films don't have, and they and I've made them all begin with with a. Uh, with F. It's like four ingredients. There's fatherhood, which is super important, but there's also there's family, but then there's faith and there's funny. Like that last part right there is is something significant that you don't see in a lot of a lot of films all together. And when you laugh, your heart is opened up. And now this film, I think, will make a pretty good deposit. Okay. Speaking of funny, one of my favorite lines in the film is where the one character asks your wife in the movie, have you seen the movie War Room? She's like, nah, I don't like Christian movies. (laughs) (laughs) But we finished the movie. I don't want to rat anybody out in front of a national audience. But my wife says, I was really surprised how funny that movie was. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Like Christian entertainment's getting so much better lately. Why do you think that is? And why is it important for us? Well, I think it's really practice, meaning mm. if, if I think if you look at any genre of any movie, when when they first started getting into it, it was probably pretty corny. I mean, if you go back and look at some of the first horror movies, I mean, like that stuff was probably pretty doggone corny. So now we're just getting better. We're we're telling the stories better. We get more equipment, more financing and then more fans as well. So we've all the stories have always been good, like the movie. uh Facing the Giants, yeah, miserable from a production standpoint and even maybe the acting, but the story was so strong. And I, I really like the Kendrick brothers a lot. They're not brothers, but I mean, they're related, but I thought they were brothers. brothers. <laughs> no, they are not. So, yeah, so even in this movie War Room, you get to see that, you know, the production value has gone up. The, the director, Brad Silverman, did a great job. With this thing and the great one, one of the really cool things is instead of having to go to theaters because we were going to put this in theaters, it was yeah. all set and scheduled, but because of what happened with the virus and the theaters closing, we actually decided to go ahead and release it now on home premiere. So it'll be video on demand June 19th. You can people can actually pre order it right now if they want to. 
which I think is important because if you want to get it now in case they run out of downloads, which they don't <laughs> at all. What was that? What was that like when you were like, oh, we can't release it on the big screen anymore? Was that a little disappointing, or did you see the possibilities and what it could it, mean? It was a little disappointing because uh, you know the big screen is a big thing, but then when you think about it and how many people it could reach this way, because a lot of people will still be fearful about leaving the house, you know, on June 19th, but now you can stay at home and you don't have to pay $97 for popcorn. Exactly. <laughs> like it's going to be a win, win. And it's father's day too. Oh, perfect. Like so you can sit back with your dad, enjoy a great story, be inspired, laugh and have, and have something deposited in you that could actually show up in the, the way that you walk. So I'm excited. I think that movie really spoke to me because I am a busy dad. Right. And I find uh, some things I related to, like your character, he goes to church, gets his Bible out of the trunk of his car. You go into church and then you go out of church and boom, the Bible goes back in the trunk of the car and that's where right. it stays for a week. Right. Um, right, right. I think a lot of uh, Christian dads maybe find themselves in that, that spot, your faith kind of, isn't as strong maybe as it should be. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't just take a backseat. It's in a trunk, which yeah. is way you know. I mean, but this character kind of. I mean, and he keeps it real too. Like he, like I don't want to be around no Christian people. Real Christian, they're creepy. Yeah, and let's be real. For all your listeners, there's some creepy Christians out there. I'm not saying that, but yeah, I'm saying it. If, and if you're listening and you don't know any creepy Christians, that's because it's probably you. <laughs> that's right. You're the one and all your friends know it. Or I should say your one friend knows it. But it's well, okay. We all got that one uncle at the at the uh, that's right. family reunion and everybody knows. Uh, stay away from him. I am oh. that uncle. I was giggling <laughs> and I totally uh, were that the pastor's talking to you and just so into the his faith, right? And talking about all these heavy faith things that he's so excited about and you're kind of like, ah, and I'm just, yeah, I've got, I knew that friend right away in my head. Oh, that's my friend, right? Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's a hundred percent right, man. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just excited. I can't wait to get the feedback from people in this movie and what they thought. And then um, how people have grown. I'm sure some people not, uh, people will find something wrong with everything, which is cool because I, feedback for me is just, is just great. I look forward to, uh, to any of that, but I think for the most part right now, the feedback has been pretty doggone awesome on how much people are uh, pleasantly surprised with this film. Well, I heard your wife, your wife included. Yeah. My it's, wife included Mike Tom's yeah. wife. That's pretty high praise. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like her arms were folded when she first started watching it. Like, That's right. Here we go. Uh, I heard uh, Kanye West is also among the fans. He is among the fans of this movie, which is really, really great. Like, that was great news. He got a chance to see the movie, even to the point that he decided, you know what? I have a song that will go perfect with this movie. And then he actually let us use the song for the movie. And uh, I don't think we had to pay a quarter for it. Or maybe we paid a quarter. I'm That's sure. pretty but amazing. He, yeah, really, really, really cool. And just the fact that the way everything lined up, I mean, he happened to be, like, when he felt God calling him he just started attending the church that we were filming in like it's just, it's just some, a really good uh connection and some god fingerprints over the whole thing back to the bible your character he picks up the bible and starts reading it getting more serious about that uh why do you think that relationship with the bible and scripture and, and being in tune with it's important um because it changes the game like anything that you put into your heart is going to be revealed in your walk 
and you can't even spend a day without putting something in your heart. So you may as well make a choice about what it's going to be. So whether it be a television show or whether it be a movie, especially when there's laughter involved, because laughter really, as I mentioned, opens up the heart in a way like you walls kind of drop. Yeah. Your guards go down and then something can easily get in there. That's why even at my live comedy events, I do people like we get a really, really great response from people after they've laughed because they're just it's almost like laughing is a uh, enjoyable way of crying sometimes. That, that it's almost, ah. yeah, it's almost as if that's the case. People feel refreshed. They feel cleansed. They've, they've got some, some endorphins running. I'm really a dope dealer. Let's just. <laughs> a little uh, dopamine for people. Yeah. That, hey, reward them. Absolutely. So overall message of selfie dad, what, what's the biggest thing that you took away from it actually being involved in this project? How did it impact your faith oh, life or I, your life as a dad? Oh, uh, I would say um, it kind of highlighted how important it is to be a dad and how important a role is, but it also helped me understand the importance of even being a father like one made some phenomenal friends on the set of this. Some friendships are still going on where we communicate on a regular basis. And I just, I think it's important that people understand that um, just because you are at a certain place doesn't mean you can't get somewhere through God's grace that you really want to be. So, um, and I just, I'm, I'm excited that a Christian film can be done and not, this film isn't a comedy, but the fact that we can laugh, uh, at certain parts that you normally wouldn't laugh at. Like there's a scene where I get pulled over by the police. Yes. And um, it's, a, it, it's, it was funny because the script never called the script actually had me getting out of the car. And when I read that part of the script, I'm like, dude, I ain't getting out the car. That's not realistic. That's not. Yeah. But they didn't know that because they're, I mean, so some Jewish people, why did they didn't know that you don't get out the car? I had to explain it to them and they were all ears. They listened, they understood. And we made the adjustment. We decided to do the entire scene improv. So that whole thing that you saw, the whole police scene was completely 100% improv. I just knew where I needed to get to, and then they just let me do my thing. So that was really, really cool. And it's kind of timely, especially with everything that's going on. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, so timely, right? One of my other favorite lines of the movie, oh, it's not the police, it's the bro lease. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And able to laugh. But then all of a sudden, for me, a white person in the middle of Canada – I'm seeing just how serious of an issue this actually is as well, right? And Yeah, it's a pretty serious issue. In fact, I posted a video on my Facebook page just recounting a story that I never told publicly yeah. before about the police putting a gun in my head and pulling the hammer back. And then uh and then even it's really a story of that and forgiveness. But if anybody wants to check it out, it's on my my page. Um my face, it's on all my social medias, michaeljr.com. But the solution or the idea that came out of that pain of even telling the story was maybe, I don't know who your listeners might be or who they may know, but I think it would be a great idea somehow. If if I think we're doing a great job of coming up with some laws and changing the systems from the top down, but I think it would be a great move if we could also consider making it a requirement that police officers, whether you be a new officer or you've been on the, or you're a veteran, that they be required like seven to 10 times a year to take off the uniform, get to take the gun off their hip, and go and go to a household in the community they serve and actually have a meal with them, break bread with yes. them. Ideally with a family that doesn't look like you. Yeah. Because as you may know, 
something changes when you go into a person's house. Yeah. You sit down and have food with them. Like I've never met an officer. Like I didn't meet, I didn't know any officer's first name until I was in my thirties and they were in my autograph line. I never had an officer say to me, Hey, I'm Steve ever. They just always have been an officer or the police or five Oh, they've always had a title as opposed to an actual name. And I know I've always had a title to them. I've always been either a, um, I've always been probably a suspect really is how I feel hmm. or a, somebody who was speeding or somebody, I, they, they never knew me as Michael, but if, if they sit across from the table from me and I find out that they have a, you know, his name is Brandon and he's got a special needs daughter and he finds out I like to fish, like something changes. Even if later on down the line, when our paths cross, like instead of me being afraid when the police are behind me and they pull me over, instead of me being afraid, I might actually be able to have the thought, wow, I wonder if that's Brandon. Yeah. Like I don't, like I've never had access to that possible thought before, but to give me access to it, to give people access to that could literally change things in a significant way. Instead of just from the changing things from the top down, we could change it from the heart up. And I think that could be significant. That video at the end too, also had a great piece about how you got to a point of being able to uh, forgive, I guess, and move on. And that was looking at how you could help others in situations. Yeah, right there in the midst of that situation, after the, the police just left my apartment, I'm sitting on the ground, got tears in my eyes, I'm upset, I'm, I'm hurt, I'm angry, I'm still a little afraid. And a lady comes in the house that they raided and she, they took her husband away, they took all of her possessions, she, they just left her with two children. And she's crying, she doesn't know what to do. And she comes through my door hysterical. And, and in that moment, while I'm all hurt, I notice her and I'm like, man, what could I do for her? So I just reached in my wallet. I had $14 and change. I gave it to her. She gave me a hug. I've never met this lady. I don't know her name. She gave me a hug and she grabbed her kids and they walked away. And I never saw her again. Now I gave her $14, but she actually gave me a gift that, that I hadn't even recognized how powerful it was. And that gift was the ability to give to someone else in the midst of my pain. Hmm. Because as soon as I did that, the hurt, it, it moved like, I really believe anger perpetuates hurt. It perpetuates pain. So as soon as I was able to give, the anger subsided. And then the pain was ran shortly after that. And I forgive the officer for holding a gun in my head. Like, I don't know what issues he had. I don't know what was going on in his life. I know God protected me from it going any further. So he, I mean, I don't know where he's at right now or what he's doing, but he was in a bad place then. And I hope he's doing much better. I think police officers are awesome. I think they have a really hard job. And I think we need to make sure we got the right people there and give them the right access, not to weapons, but to hearts and people and maybe some macaroni salad or some. Yeah. Like think about what if officers like what if they, what if they could be in their locker room at the precinct and there's a rookie coming in. And instead of telling the rookie who to look out for and be afraid of this guy, what if they was able to say, hey, probably in the next three weeks, you're going to get some of Miss Johnson's potato salad. Right. It is delicious. <laughs> that was part of the conversation. Yeah. It changes everything. Now when Mrs. Johnson's grandson gets into trouble, now you got a different angle, a different way to talk to him. He's not a suspect. You get to bring up his grandma. Like it, it just changes things significantly. Uh, when you talk about being a dad, you know what you're talking about. You have five kids, right? <laughs> do have five kids. I'm looking at one of them right now. As a matter of fact. <laughs> What's the biggest thing they've taught you about being a, a good person or a godly person or a godly father? What's the biggest lesson you've learned from your kids? 
Um, they get they teach me patience in a <laughs> significant way. Yes. Like I literally am becoming so conscious of what I say before I say it, especially with this yeah. youngest one. She just really teaches me uh, patience and she doesn't have a problem um correcting when something's wrong. Like if there's a a video edit or something, and she's like, Dad, you look a little desperate in this one, maybe. <laughs> like, okay, thank you. And she was on the set of the movie too. Super uh Super smart and a very hard worker. So I, I love all my kids. They're amazing. Right on. Well, again, it releases June 19th, Selfie Dad. You can get video on demand. Thank you so much, Michael, for uh, taking time to join us. Remember, if you want to listen to the full conversation, you can always do that by visiting your radio station's website. We'll talk to you again on Connections.